This is literally everything, 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 everything. It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world, dust off your old VCR, and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten, and we're here to scratch the itch. I'm Erin. I'm Odell. It's time to go back where we belong. Howdy, friends. We are going back to, I think, one of my favorite years as far as movies and music. 85 to 87, I think, was just prime. Incredible. crazy because... Those were my most unhappy school years. So I think I was really losing myself in the movies and the music to escape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so That's when I feel that we discover those things the most. Right. You know, if you're out having fun with your friends and stuff, you may not be going to movies or losing yourself. That's the thing is these are this is the these are the years where you remember every lyric of the song. You remember mm-hmm. every detail of the movie because you were absorbed in it. Every dance move to this yes, dance that I choreographed. You just said something. You lose yourself into it. Does is that the? Did we just redefine loser? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I was a loser because I was I losing was, myself I in my lost music and movies. Into music and movies, and I culture. just feel so much I'm better sorry. about my my high school years now. We did. You were a total loser, Odell. And the Biggest best way possible. loser of them all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Yes, I think that's wonderful. So what were you doing back in... Fe- what I also love about this was February 27th was when this movie came out, 1987. Yes. Which yes. was almost just not quite a week after my birthday. So I had just turned 15. Yes. I was going to be turning nine this year. And uh, let's see, I was not in um, my theater school full time yet. So, um, yeah, I was just like living the high life during this. This was third grade. And the biggest thing I remember was a boy locked himself in the closet on Balloon Day. (laughs) Balloon Day. Balloon Day, where we all go out. So terrible for the environment. We all go out with balloons and release them. <laughs> and someone asked me, they were like, did you put like notes in the balloon? I said, no. <laughs> it's just a bunch of kids going out and releasing balloons. It's terrible. Terrible. So balloon day, though, was as a kid, that was your favorite day. It was so cool to see all those balloons go up. And this kid, I will never forget him. He's now like a classical pianist who plays all over the world. He's amazing. But he had some issues then, and he Mm -hmm. locked himself in the closet in our little tea shack. And all of a sudden, we heard pop, 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 pop. And we were like, no! (laughs) He murdered the balloons? He popped every (laughs) single balloon. So on Balloon Day, we went out there. He was ahead of his time as far as environmental activists. He was. I'm sure it was a protest by the third grader. (laughs) But we went out on Balloon Day and just stood there. Watched everyone else <laughs> send off their balloons. It was a, quite a devastating, devastating. And this was the year he told me that he was going to moon me. He thought that meant pulling down my pants. 
<laughs> so he was like, I'm going to moon you and I'm going to sunshine you. <laughs> what sunshine? I, pulling down the front. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I don't think that's a thing. But I told my teacher and my teacher sent me to the principal to tell her. And I was telling her and she was just staring at me. And then I stopped and she goes, you're Travis Simpson's little sister, aren't you? <laughs> oh, shit. And I go, yeah. And she goes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. It's terrible. It's terrible. I was sexually harassed that year. My balloon was popped. <laughs> oh, I had to grow up a lot <laughs> that year. Well, I was a freshman in high school, which eighth grade freshman year Ugh. through my sophomore year were the just didn't do much but just keep a low profile as much as i could yeah you don't want to do too much to get like noticed right but then you don't want to be the bottom rung <laughs> right to be noticed that way either just you want to float just right there in the middle be wallpaper just hide out in the library <laughs> mm-hmm. don't let anyone see you all right so what was going on in the world in February of 1987. Well, let me tell you. So I didn't go. I know that 1987 is going to be packed with movies. This was like the year of the teen movies. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go too much into the year to look at what was going on. I actually just went back on that week mm -hmm. in February. So on February 24th, the Supreme Court upholds affirmative action. Thank okay. you. Five Great. to four. February 26th, like, I remember this. Michael Jordan, um, he scored 58 points in one game. I vaguely remember that. And it was a Chicago Bulls record. Like, mm -hmm. I remember just, that's when uh, basketball was the only game in the house that I would watch. Because uh, with sports, I mean, my parents were obsessed with football. My mom would bet on it constantly. Good Lord, like had a bookie and everything. And, um, but basketball was one I always loved watching. So I remember mm -hmm. this game very well. And then on February 27th, the NCAA canceled SMU's entire 1987 football schedule for gross violations of NCAA rules regarding athletic corruption. So it was one of those things of like, you know, paying to get mm -hmm. the best athletes and making offers of, you know, all these benefits and stuff that they weren't allowed to do that every single person did. Mm -hmm. But it's always about who gets caught. Right. When you get stupid. So that's what was happening in this month and really just in this week. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, there was not a whole lot going on around here. Lots of sports things. Lots of records were broken. Like the, <laughs> it was like the triple jump. The youngest person in the world scored the highest on that one. There was, I think, a tennis record. Like everything I was reading, I was like, well, sports were just exploding in <laughs> right. February of 1987. Good Lord. Now the top 10 songs mm -hmm. ugh, that were released that month. I'm not going to lie. There are some I did not recognize that i'm reading going i should know that one though so number 10 ballerina girl lionel oh, richie yeah do you remember that isn't one isn't that about i do remember that one isn't it about one of his daughters i think so 
There's number nine, Big Time, Peter mm-hmm. Gabriel, of course. Remember that music video? So trippy. What, what was the music video? I just remember there's one where he's like, his mouth opens and like there's a train. Oh, and the train goes through goes the in mouth. His mouth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh. Number eight, you got to fight for your right to party. Yeah, you do. Beastie Boys. Of course. I remember this. Wait, this has to be wrong. Hold on. Oh, mm. Tell me if I'm wrong. Respect yourself. Mm-hmm. I put by Bruce Willis. Yeah. Don't you remember when he had the album out? What? Wait. Yeah, he no. did like Under the Boardwalk was on there. And yeah, he had an album. He was number seven on the top 10. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I was, when I was typing that out, it did not register. <laughs> I was just like typing so fast and getting these things. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. By Bruce Willis. Respect yourself. Number six was somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Linda Ronstadt and James Ingram. From I'm telling you, American nothing. Ugh, little Fievel. We wish to seek weapons. Oh, God. <laughs> that song will always, always like tug at my heart when I hear it. Always. You Got It All, number five, by the Jets. I don't yes. know. I don't remember that one. You don't remember the Jets? No, I don't remember You Got It All. Oh, it was a slow one. Okay. I think this one came out after Crush on You. Okay. Number four, Will You Still Love Me? Mm-hmm. Chicago. I kind of remember that. That wasn't a huge Chicago song. Well, I mean, it was number four. <laughs> yeah, but like maybe only for this week. Maybe. I don't know. Number three, Keep Your Hands to Yourself. George yes, Satellites, of course. of course. Number two, I don't remember this. Jacob's oh, really? Ladder by Huey Lewis and the News. What is that one? Um, yeah, it, it's not one of my favorite Huey Lewis and the News songs, but okay. that's when Huey Lewis and the News was like huge and everything they released. they had was power of love and yeah. all of the, like Back well, to the Future. Well, even before that, the, their album before Back to the Future was huge. Like I think okay. everything on every song on that album almost was like in the top 40. Number one, one hit. Point. Mm-hmm. Number one. Living on a prayer. Bon yeah, Jimmy. you are. I mean, slippery when wet. Um, God, that album was so so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I was conflicted with this, and I'm going to ask your advice. So the mixtape that we have got going that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I now feel a certain level of pressure because I don't want to put in the song that brings it down in any way. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. <laughs> So there was one song in this, because, you know, I want to pick one from the movie, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really drawn in with any of the songs. Yeah. None of the songs were big ones. I, I felt the same way when I was watching it. I was like, okay. I don't know if there's anything that I would put in, put the on here. The only one I, th- I mean, there's Billy Idol was in there, but not a song that I knew. Mm-hmm. And then there's the only one I was like, oh, maybe, but I'm going to ask your advice on this is Beat So Lonely. It's Charlie Sexton. It's what's playing at the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do big it. big enough to know, yeah. There are some others that are in the top 30 that I would much rather it. have. Yeah. Much rather. I know. I have okay. two that I was like, oh my God, they're such a hard choice, but what it's am I going to go with because it's... Very difficult. Okay, I'm going to say one first and then you say one. Okay. Since I get two, you get one. 
I'm going with number 21. Nothing's going to stop us now. That's already, already on the list. Uh, I think okay, so. Thank me, God it's I, already I on have, the list. Let me double check. I have, I'm pretty sure it's on there. I'm pretty sure I chose, wait, I have the spreadsheet here. One second. Oh, wait, it's, it's not. All right. That's what I'm putting wait. on because that is another song that brings me such joy. I thought for sure I had that on there. Oh, no, I put We Built This City on there. Oh, okay, another yeah. classic. But wait, what if we watch Mannequin? Well, then we'll find two other songs. Well, that song is the love theme from Mannequin. What if we never watch Mannequin? What if we're going to watch it next week? Are we going to watch it next week? No. <laughs> is that okay, well, see, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can wait till then. God, I love- okay, fine. We'll wait till then. All right? And this is what I'm doing. I think Number that should nine, be a rule. Like if we, if there's a song that we like. That's but like it's known the, from a movie. From the movie, then we have to keep okay. it. The movie. All right. Okay. That's fine. Number 19. Open your heart. Okay. Madonna. That was my other one, but I'm glad you didn't choose it because I chose something else besides that one. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing I'm putting on. Open your heart. Yes. What are you doing? Number 24. At this moment by Billy Vera, Billy Vera and the Beaters. I don't think I know. You that don't remember. Don't. You would know. Is this the one that you had forgotten about? Mm-hmm. All right. My second one that I am going to pick is actually for my oldest child who is obsessed with this song. Okay. It is number 30, The Final Countdown <laughs> by Europe. Um, that was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. And my cousin and I. We choreographed a dance. Of course you did. To that. Of course you did. It was amazing. All right. Here's some popular things that were happening at the time. In the McDonald's toys, during this year, we had the McRobots Transformers. Okay. Do you remember those? No. Were they like just a Transformer or were they like McDonald's people that could transform? Yes. (laughs) McDonald's people who could transform. <laughs> then we had um, lots of Muppet stuff. Okay. Was huge at McDonald's that year. And then this is the year that started Disney basically owning McDonald's <laughs> for the next five years. All okay. of the happy toys were, happy meal toys were there. Uh, yeah, were I remember Disney. for the longest time you would get Muppets or Disney. Yep. That was 87 through 92. Mm. <laughs> that is what it was. This was also the year that the big brick cell phone became popular. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Now, we always called it a car phone. Yeah, yeah. Never called it a cell phone. That was weird because it was plugged in. Mm -hmm. You plugged it into your lighter. Mm -hmm. It was so, and the buttons were so hard to push down. And it was, it was literally holding a brick to your face. Basically a satellite phone. Yeah. There was a kid, I think it was our senior year, I hated him. Just a little smarmy asshole, still is, from what I understand. But he got a car phone because he thought it was going to make him big and important. Mm. And would drive around town, like the first week that he got driving around, talking on his car phone, like making it a point so we would all see him on his car phone. And then he got his bill and it was like over a thousand bucks. I was going to say, <laughs> those bills, oh my gosh. I remember my mom letting me call someone just to say we were like nearby or something or that mm-hmm. we were going to get them at a certain time. 
And I mean, I was off that phone within about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I was never allowed to touch that phone. Right. But I do have one picture. I need to send it to you of my mom on the phone, (laughs) like holding in the giant antenna. Yeah. And and there were no like fun colors. Like it was a tan. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. I think you could get a tan one or a gray one. Oh, yeah. Mom got like the light tan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that thing, that thing. I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it. And we thought you're we so cool. Have I mean, like, man, you've got a car phone. That was so, like, so far removed from anything my parents ever could have afforded. And right. they would have been like, fuck no, we don't. Yeah. Want one of those? No, it's, it's ridiculous. It was a complete it was not necessary at all, mm-hmm. at all, ever. Um, so this was the year that short skirts were very popular. Okay. And I'm going to go so far as to say the shorts and the cowboy boots were popular. Thank you, Leah Thompson. Very much. Yes. My God. Also, baggy dresses with leggings were very, very popular. This movie. If you're a Mormon. <laughs> if you're a Mormon. <laughs> this movie had one Candace Cameron in it. And it this did. is also the year that Full House debuted. This is a big okay. year for Candace Cameron. Before we all hate her. Well, before anyone with a, in their right mind began to hate her. Yes. But I will say, as much as I don't care for her, I care for her brother even less. Even less. Yeah, they're both kind of cray-cray. Yeah. Him so, very much so. what was on TV that season? Let me tell you, Odell. Please do. I just picked out some that mm-hmm. I, that, you know, I remembered. So, on Sundays, CBS, we had 60 Minutes and Murder, She Wrote. Okay. Fox, we had 21 Jump Street, Married with Children. I think this may have been the year of that premiere. Mm. The Tracy Ullman Show, NBC, we had Family Ties, and My Two Dads. Okay, I forgot about that I forgot about My Two Dads. dads, I used to think one of the dads was super hot. Yep, the one with the beard. Mm -hmm. So hot. On Mondays, ABC, we had MacGyver. On CBS, we had Kate and Allie, which I did love Kate and Allie. New Heart. The fantastic designing women. Yeah. The sugar bakers. I haven't watched that oh before. Oh my ever. God. So good. Cagney and Lacey. Loved watching mm-hmm. that. NBC, we had Alf. I loved Alf. Yes, I did too. Did you know Ryan Reynolds is trying to remake Alf? Like bring back Shh. an Alf series? Yeah. Shut up. Yep. Oh my God. So happy. There was also Valerie's family. Before yes. it became the Hogan family, because mm-hmm. Valerie wanted too much money. Yep, Valerie she wanted left, to be and paid. Sandy equal. Duncan took over. Yes, mm-hmm. Valerie Harper wanted to be paid equally to Bill Cosby, mm. and they. Said of course, no. she was not a male, so of course they said she no. was not a male. Tuesdays on ABC, we had Who's the Boss? Growing Pains. Speaking of mm-hmm. Kurt Cameron, Growing Pains, Moonlighting. Loved it. Civil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. Yes. I loved that show. And you cannot stream it anywhere because they never fully secured the song rights for all the music they used. Oh, wow. So you can't stream it. They're not allowed to. Shit. Uh huh. I know. I'm really, that's one I would watch again. Uh, 30 something. 
Never watched that one. Oh, I, I do like, remember that I'm one vaguely. I'm only nine, so right. why would I watch 30-something? That sounds terrible. And on NBC, we had Matlock. Okay. On Wednesdays, ABC, we had Perfect Strangers. Head of the that. Class. You remember mm-hmm. that one? Yes, because that. there was a kid in there. I think Tony O'Dell was his name, and I used to think it was so cool because his last name yeah. was my first name. Oh, that would be really exciting. And we also had Dynasty. And on CBS, we had Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. On Thursdays, CBS, we had Knott's Landing, of course. of course. NBC. So Thursday nights on NBC were still a thing mm-hmm. back in 1987. We had The Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, Night Court, L.A. Law. Mm-hmm. That's a huge night. Yeah. But that was the more adult night because then Fridays came around, thank TGIF, on ABC where we had Full House, Mr. Belvedere. I do remember Mr. Belvedere. And then on CBS, we had Beauty and the Beast. Do you remember? With Linda Hamilton, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I had totally And the Beast forgotten. lived in the sewers, right? Yes. Of New York City, yeah. I had totally forgotten about that show. And then we also had Dallas. Falcon Crest, and on NBC, we had Miami Vice. Saturday, Saturday nights was a thing on TV. Yeah, yeah. I used to love Saturday that's when we had nights. your show, NBC, yeah. Facts of Life. Yes, loved Facts of Life. And, and then Empty Nest and Golden Girls eventually. We did. We had Golden Girls during this. The other one we had was 227. Loved that. <laughs> Jackie. Oh, my God. I Mary. Freak- <laughs> Mary. I loved 227 so much. So much. Now on Saturday mornings with our cartoons at the time, I mean, this was at the height of me watching Saturday morning cartoons. There was, um, and on that, I was more of an NBC girl. But we had, I'm not even going to say the names of the networks. Here were the shows that we had. Okay. Saturday mornings from about... I mean, I would get up by 7 a.m. at the latest, Mm -hmm. 7 a.m. until 11. That's when I would watch. So there were Berenstain Bears, Wildfire, Muppet Babies. Loved it. Shirt Tales, Charlie Brown and Snoopy, Mm -hmm. Galaxy High School, Teen Wolf, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Now, these were like live action, but whatever. Right. Wuzzles, The Care Bears. My God, the The Littles. The Flintstone Oh, my God. The Littles. I forgot about the Littles. Mm -hmm. I used to read those books. Uh, The Flintstone Kids. Monchichis. I remember Monchichis. I really want to find out. There were the little, the monkeys. Monchichi, Monchichi. Oh, so sweet and cuddly. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, my God. Um, The Real Ghostbusters. Pound Puppies. Uh Bugs Bunny and Tweety. Kissy Fur. Oh my God, I forgot about Kissy Fur. (laughs) I don't remember Kissy Fur. I was busy over on NBC watching Gummy Bears, The Smurfs, It's Punky Brewster, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Mm -hmm. Yogi's Treasure Hunt, and then Foofer. Oh, I forgot about Foofer. So there was Kissy Fur and Foofer. (laughs) And I I remember watching them, but I can't picture what they look like. Mm Mm-mm. I am obsessed and want to find all the Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, I'm sure they're on YouTube somewhere. Oh, they've got to be. On SNL that week, Valerie Bertinelli was the host. Okay. And uh, the Robert Cray Band was the musical guest. But the big thing was that Valerie was married to Eddie Van Halen, 
Mm-hmm. And Eddie Van Halen sat in during the show with the SNL band. Nice. Played. On Sweet Valley High. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this was number, like in the height of when I was reading them. Oh, yes. This was number 35, Out of Control. Oh, no. What happened? <sighs> well, I don't know if I can get through this with a straight face. <laughs> Aaron Dallas has problems dealing with his parents' divorce, and his anger alienates him from everyone in his life. Meanwhile, Jessica attempts to make some fast cash by selling Tofu Glow Cosmetics. (laughs) (laughs) Jess, what you doing? What you doing, girl? Tofu Glow Cosmetics. Do you remember that book? Vaguely. I do too. I don't remember. I know when I read it, I was like tofu glow. I didn't know what tofu was. Yeah, I didn't either. At all. Who knew what that was? No. So I remember not caring about the side, but I remember Aaron Dallas and the divorce and him being like so angry. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time, because, you know, my parents had divorced just six years earlier. Mm -hmm. Granted, I was only three, but I remember a sense of relief when they divorced. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't remember what was going on. You know, they say it's funny. They say that like divorce is harder on the kids who are like in their teens. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's when they don't want you anyway. Right. I think everything is just so heightened when you're a teenager that like you you take everything personally. So if your parents split, you're like, what about me? Now I have one less person to meet my needs. Yeah. See, I was like, man, I get two Christmases. I get two houses, <laughs> two bedrooms. It's awesome. I thought it was great. Yeah, whatever. All right. That's what I've got for you going on in 1987. All right. So we can take a break. Uh-huh. Keith Nelson, an artsy high school outcast tries to land a date with popular Amanda Jones with some help from his tomboy best friend, Watts. However, his advances draw the ire of Amanda's snobby ex-boyfriend, Hardy Jens, who makes plans to get even. Matters are further complicated when Watts realizes she likes Keith as more than just a friend and tries to convince him to stop pursuing Amanda. So basically, pretty impink. With genders reversed. Yes, except Molly Ringwald ends up with Ducky. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Keith ended up with Watts. Yeah. In this. That's the only difference between this and Pretty in Pink. It's a gender swap. And then she ends up, or he ends up with the best friend. Instead of the hot person. Or the hot girl, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. She ends up with Blaine in Pretty in Pink. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. So this was made, it was filmed in 1986, but came out February 27th, 1987. And the top 10 movies going into this week were, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Some of these I don't know. This okay. just blows my mind when I don't know a top 10 movie. Number 10, From the Hip. Don't remember that one. No idea what that is. Number nine, Light of Day. Don't remember that either. Number eight, Radio Days. I remember hearing about that one. I 
I may have seen it because the title sounds familiar, but I can't place it. It did not make any sort of impact on you. No. Number seven, Death Before Dishonor. That that sounds sounds familiar, but I have no (laughs) idea what it is. Number six, we know this one, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That was popular for a long time. That, yes, a very long time. Number number five, Black Widow. I remember Teresa Russell, I think, is in that one. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. See, and I thought when I was a kid, I wanted to see it because I thought it was a horror about a woman who turned into an actual Black Widow. But I didn't understand the concept of when you kill your husband or whatever, you're considered a Black Widow. Right. Number four, Over the Top. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. What is that? Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling. He went from being a boxer to an arm wrestler. Can't even. <laughs> Meet Me Halfway. Do you remember that song, Meet Me Halfway? No. By Kenny Loggins. That was the theme to that. Oh. Oh, I probably would recognize it. Yeah. Number three. Now we're getting into what I know. Number three, Outrageous Fortune. <laughs> yes. Number two, Mannequin. Speaking of, of nothing's going to stop us now, but yes. now I'm surprised that nothing's going to stop us now was not in the top 10. I think it was for a while. I'm sure I'm, it had to yeah. have hit it, but. And then number one, ugh, Platoon. Hmm. Yeah. I know my dad watched that. I'm not into war movies. Like they don't do anything for me. So I tend to stay away from those. I just watched it for the first time. Oh my God. I was so stupid. I watched it. In uh, on July 4th, which is just dumb. Don't, if you haven't watched that movie, don't do it on a day when they are blowing up fireworks right outside (laughs) your window and you're watching a movie about like in the middle of a war. (laughs) Surround sound at its worst. Like it's, oh my God. But um, it was just a few years ago that I finally watched it. And I have friends who say like it's their favorite war movie of all time. Mm. It made me sick. I am not a Vietnam War movie fan. World War II, World War I, I can get into those. Vietnam movies, I cannot because they always focus on like the soldiers who go a little nuts over there. Mm-hmm. That's always the focus. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the movie, when Some Kind of Wonderful was released, it came in at number six. Okay. So it bumped some things around and it made a little more than three million in that opening weekend. Eventually it made 18.5 million. I could not find a budget for this film. Hmm. I don't know why I couldn't find it, but it had a 76% critic score. Okay. And an 80% audience score. Okay. Another movie that was released that week that ended up bumping platoon was nightmare on Elm street three. Dream Warriors. That's the one I think that's in the psychiatric hospital. Yeah. Where Nancy I, came back. I loved that one. I did too. I just remember Freddie when the girl, like she was a puppet and the she puppet. like cut her tendons out of her arms. Yes. Yes. I remember the girl who was a cockroach. Mm-hmm. Mm, in the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That one was disgusting. So yeah, I remember that one very well. I was really surprised that I was like, wait. Yeah, number three was in 1987. So the other two were before that. Yeah, I think they the must have first come, Nightmare on like Street, Elm Street. I think the first one was like 82 or 83, I thought. Oh, my God. Adele, I watched these way too young. Yeah, I remember I'm the second horrified. one was so campy and cheesy. 
Yeah, I do remember. I loved the first one. I mean, mm-hmm. once I could enjoy horror movies, and I loved the third one. Yeah. Did you ever see the new nightmare? Is that the one that's it's very not meta. Robert England? No, he's Robert England is in it, but it's like Wes and Wes Craven is in it. He plays himself. Heather Langenkamp plays herself where they're going to redo. Oh. They're going to do another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But Freddy, like the development of the script brings Freddy to actual life in these characters. Actual. Oh, my God. It's so good. You've not seen it. I don't think I've seen it. I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah. I have not seen that. So this movie, some kind of wonderful, we've got it directed by Howard Deutsch. Now, he also directed Pretty in Pink, The Replacements, Great Outdoors, things like that. However, this is known as a John Hughes movie because John Hughes wrote it. Mm -hmm. You can tell a John Hughes movie a mile away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're always the same Mm -hmm. and they never get old. I don't know how it is. The only (laughs) one that feels different to me is The Breakfast Club. Yeah, it doesn't follow the formula of like someone pining for someone else and then they're conflicted because there's, who do I choose? That was the formula of. And there's always like, it's the top three. It's the three people, you Mm -hmm. know, it's the love triangle. Whereas Breakfast Club, it focused on six people like Mm -hmm. pretty evenly. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one that feels very different from typical John Hughes. Producer, it was produced by Paramount. Mm-hmm. It starred brr, Eric Stoltz. So fucking hot. So freaking hot. Oh my God. Mary Stuart Masterson. Love gorgeous her. as Watts. Leah Thompson and her thin lips as Amanda Jones. Lovely Thompson. I saw her in Cabaret in Houston. Was she good? She was good. She played Sally Bowles in the Cabaret yeah. tour. Yeah. Remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Now, of course, we also know Eric Stoltz from uh, Mask mm-hmm. was a huge one for him in the 80s. And I mean, in Pulp Fiction, he was in that. And he's done tons of like appearances since then. He has not starred in a movie, I don't right. think, until since Some Kind of Wonderful was definitely his biggest. Yeah. I mean, he was in Say Anything. He was, you know, in all of these others, but he was always a secondary character. Mm-hmm. And in Mask, he was like, had war prosthetics, so you didn't yes, recognize so you, him really. Exactly. And then Mary Stuart Masterson, I mean, one of the greatest movies, Fried Green Tomatoes. I haven't seen that in years. I haven't either, and I desperately want to again. And then Leah Thompson, hello, Back to the Future. Huge. Caroline in the City. Oh, Caroline in the City. I forget. I, about, I never that. watched that. She was the that. illustrator. I did. I loved that. She was Caroline, right? Mm hmm. I think that was about the time that Brooke Shield Veronica's Closet was on as well. And I used to watch both of them. It was in Veronica's Closet. Yeah, you're right. As Hardy Jens, which is the most, oh my God, that name alone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't scream wealthy. I'm surprised there's not Hardy Jens 5 or Hardy Jens the (laughs) The third. (laughs) Right. Was Craig Sheffer. Who also did a river runs through it. He did fire in the sky. He just did other random things, but he has one of those faces, you know, and you want to punch. John Ashton played Keith's dad, Cliff Nelson. We know him mainly from Beverly Hills Cop mm-hmm. at the time. Elias Kateas, uh played Duncan, who was credited as skinhead. <laughs> right. But he did have a name in it. He's he was like in the-, the generic Christopher Maloney. 
Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. He was also in um, the, the, the Thin Red Line, okay. uh, The Prophecy. Molly Hagen played Shane. Mm-hmm. She's one of those that's in everything. Yeah, you she's know always her. a friend. Yes, she was in Big Little Lies. She played the doctor who was uh, one of the doctors. I can't remember who. Anyway, she played Sully, or she was in Sully, <laughs> and she was in Election. Like, those are just some movies. And then, of course, Candace, Candace Cameron played the youngest sister, Cindy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Other people considered, really, it was just two others considered. Amanda jo- For Amanda Jones, Kim Delaney was considered, okay. which I would have been fine with that. Right. Um, and then for Hardy Jens, now this guy does have a punchable face and could very easily come from wealth, but I don't think he has like kind of the threatening presence at all. Mm-hmm. It's Kyle McLaughlin. Okay. Who could easily carry yeah. that name, yep. but it would be a very different character. Totally. I just can't picture him as anything other than Trey McDougal. Right. And I always see him too in Twin Peaks. Yes. The- yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you had seen this before. I had seen it before. I didn't see it when it first came out. I, you know, it's funny because we had, we lived in so many different houses until my parents finally bought their house. Right. But we were living, I didn't see it until I must have been a junior in high school because I remember where we were living and it was in the house where my parents live now, the house they bought. And we didn't move there until the summer before my junior year. And I watched it on HBO. On a whim, I was home by Uh myself one night. I think the rest of the family had gone to a basketball game or a football game or something. So it was on HBO. Loved it. And with a satellite, you had HBO East and HBO West. So you could watch something on HBO East and then like three hours later, it would be on HBO West. So I remember watching it on HBO East. And then when it was on HBO West a few hours later, I recorded it so that I would have the movie to watch again because I loved it so much. Yeah. I didn't see this until I was, I was in my early teens and I had a friend who was obsessed with Mary Stuart Masterson. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he has this great story where he went to St. John's High School, which is, you know, all very wealthy people went there. Mm-hmm. And so they would have these debutante balls that were known as coming out mm-hmm. balls, which mm-hmm. just cracks me up. So the, they would have these coming out galas, balls, where the woman is introduced as like, this is a new woman, you know, and it's based on something from the 1800s where, you know, you would meet your potential spouse basically right. at these things. And you're set up on these dates and everything. Well, it was this girl named Libby who was coming out and she's going to be a woman in front of their <laughs> eyes. And so my friend was there and he said that, um, he's sitting there and there's an open bar, you know, and it's, I mean, it's the typical eighties, like yeah. an open bar at a big party for high schoolers. Come on. <laughs> so there's an open bar and everything. And he looked over and talking to Libby on the side of the stage was Mary Stuart Masterson. And he was like, oh my God, oh my God, wait, is that her? Is that really her? <laughs> and then he found out she was Libby's cousin Oh wow! because they have roots in Texas. So she was there for the party. And so he worked up the courage to go. He was like, I mean, this is straight out of an 80s movie. Right. I'm going to go up. I'm going to ask her to dance. And so he like made his way over there and he was like, hey, 
and you know, I, I'm really, I'm a big fan of your work. And she was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And he's thinking in his head, oh my God, like this is the beginning of a meet cute. <laughs> and so he was like, I just want you to know that if I was Keith in that movie, there is no way. He goes, I would have had the hardest time acting like I wasn't going to pick you and have you wear my earrings <laughs> over Leah Thompson, or over Amanda Jones. And she was like, oh, and he said she looked kind of uncomfortable, but he was in his mind thinking like, oh, she's just, she's blushing because <laughs> she wants me so badly. And he asked her to dance and she politely turned him down. <laughs> and so, it, I mean, he, like that story was hysterical. And so I was like, who is Watts? Who is Amanda Jones? What earrings are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so he ended up showing me the movie and oh my god i remember i absolutely loved it mm -hmm. and i always thought okay so one day i'm gonna have like a best friend mm -hmm. and really we belong together right like, i assumed that just like every john hughes movie yeah all of those scenarios were gonna happen to me in high school yep were you ever and so my, my thought was i i know this is out there i don't have this I didn't really desire to have that with anyone in my high school because it was so small and I didn't really like a lot of people, but right. I aspired to have those types of friendships in college. So that was another uh -huh. thing that was trying to pushing me to get me out of there and go to college was the thought that I would John have Hughes this. Life. Yes. Cause <laughs> I was obsessed with the movies. So I lived vicariously through these characters. Um, yeah. And then just, that's what drove me to leave. I, yeah. I remember loving the character of Watts because she's so sardonic. Like she's so yes, just doesn't give a shit. She's her own person. And for the longest time, they kind of set it up in the movie that you think maybe she's in love with Amanda Jones as well. Like it kind yeah, of alludes to that. She might be a lesbian. Yeah. But I remember like, I, I caught that more rewatching it than I did back then because the concept of, you know, I just knew gay was bad so the concept of and it was mostly right. on the men's side you didn't really have this concept of women actually being in love with other women for whatever mm -hmm. reason or at least i didn't mm -hmm. so it didn't really dawn on me that much but then i was like oh look at you mr hughes you're setting this up because now watching it where it's more open and i'm you know more in tune i guess with same-sex couples and mm -hmm. attraction that it was set up that does she also, is she also in love with Amanda Jones? And then you kind of get that, oh no, she's in love with Keith. Right. Because she's trying to make him jealous with um, the redheaded kid. Oh my God. I love the redheaded kid. Uh, yeah. That's when I first saw it, I thought it was so romantic. Mm -hmm. And then the second, this time around, I had a very different feeling about it. I had like got major stalker vibes from Keith. From Keith, yeah. Yeah. Major stalker. Yep. The and way the so men, much abuse thank on you. Amanda's side. Yes. From Hardy. Yeah. The way the men, not just him, Eric Stoltz as well. Oh, yeah, like, when he was like, I'm gonna down, pick you up at this down. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like just they were so the men were so abusive. Yeah. To Amanda Jones, she's going to end up with an abusive husband. Oh, totally. Like, that's just the route she's taking. 
But it was so abusive and so uncomfortable. But I remember not even that not even registering when Mm -hmm. I was a kid because that's just how it was. Yeah. When Hardy Jens was like, don't look at my property. Mm -hmm. Girl. Yep. Didn't even think about it. I thought that was romantic. He loves her so much that she is his. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. How wonderful. Now, I swear to God, if Adam said that. Ever, <laughs> oh girl, like he'll make—he's made jokes before, like well, that's my ass, you know, mm-hmm. like totally kidding. And even then, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, <laughs> no, we don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's totally joking. Yeah, but yeah, this Hardy Jens was dead serious. Don't look at my property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this time around, I was much more sympathetic. Like I was always sympathetic to Amanda. But this time around, I was like, oh, that poor girl just has, she does not know who she is. And she is on a trajectory to just absolute misery in her life because of the way these men treat her. And she's so desperate to have something good. And like, she was a good person. I mean, who, who would give back then, who would give back a pair of diamond earrings? (laughs) You, I mean, you finally met this guy who looks like he might actually be a nice guy. Like, even though he was a little dickish to you sometimes when he talked to you. But, okay, keep going. You you found a connection of someone who seems like a good guy. And you are going to get back to your rings and let him go because you can tell he's in love with his best friend. Yeah, that's never going to happen. That's only going to happen in a John Hughes movie. <laughs> right, right. But like that poor girl, that was her last chance. <laughs> yeah. At maybe getting a decent guy, I feel like. See, here's what I feel. I I was this time looking at this date that he planned, which by the way, I looked up how much the actual date would have been. Mm-hmm. And it was over ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Surely he and didn't put all the money, he couldn't have put all the money into the earrings, right? Which I have a question no. about the earrings. So, yeah. No, he couldn't have put all of that money into that. But it was also when you're, you know, the Hollywood Bowl and the museum and all of that, paying people off to do that. And assuming that you're not paying, because you can actually rent those places. Mm-hmm. So they were adding up, like, what would the actual date be if mm-hmm. someone did that? I don't know if that's what he paid, but it would have been more than $10,000 for a date like that. Now, here's my problem. If I was Amanda, mm-hmm. that was my first date. Mm-hmm. Girl, you need to back off. This is too much. <laughs> right. It is too much pressure. What am I supposed to do with this? Like, right. obviously, we're dating now and mm-hmm. will be for the next six months before yeah. I pay off, basically, what you just put into this. It was too much. It was too much pressure. And then at the same time, I would be thinking... You are not a wealthy person by any means. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing spending this money? Yeah, you now. But do you think back then? I think back then it would have been like, oh, wow, someone likes me so much. I honestly don't know. Adele. I thought about this because there was a friend of mine who wanted to take this girl that he barely knew who was another friend of mine. We were all, you know, the girl and I went to school together and then he was over here at another school. I knew him through theater and he really liked my friend and wanted to take her on a date 
to some sort of dance at his school. Mm -hmm. He arranged for this date. They barely know each other, Mm -hmm. much like Amanda and Keith. Mm -hmm. For this date, he picked her up in a limo for it, took her to a helicopter pad. They took a helicopter trip around Houston and then touched down and went to this extremely fancy restaurant where the limo then met them and took them to the dance. And then they did a nighttime flight around Houston. And I said, I was like, Brett, that's insane. (laughs) And he could afford it. Yeah. That's the thing. Wait, is this Brett who ended up being gay? No, 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 no. Okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. But it, even though he could afford it, this was not a big deal to him. I was like, that is, that's too much for a first date. It's too much. You know, an anniversary, yes. Yeah. A fifth date where you're like securing the deal and you guys are on your way to exclusivity. Like you guys know each other, mm-hmm. you know, but planning, she might be afraid of heights. You don't know anything about her. Like this is too much. Yeah. I feel like I would have been that same way with him. I would have just been like, fuck, like I am now stuck. See, I think from my perspective, I had no concept like how much that would have cost. And I would have right. been so focused on, oh, wow, he's putting this attention on me to spend time with me like he wants me. But in my state of feeling like no one wanted me back then, right. I feel like that would have spoke to me. Now, on Amanda's side, I can see why he did it, because he thought that's what she expected. Right. Because Harley could have given her those things. So he thought the only way I'm going to be able to secure the deal is if I step up my game and outdo Harley. Here's my question, though, about those fucking earrings. Mm -hmm. He finds out before he bought the earrings that because his sister overheard Harley saying, yeah, I have Amanda. Wait, it's Hardy. Hardy, Hardy, right? Yeah. Hardy. Mm -hmm. She overheard him saying, I have Amanda bringing Keith to my house so we can rough him up at the party. Right. She's going on a date. So she goes home and tells him Uh he's already assuming that he's being set up and Amanda's a part of this. Yet he continues to buy the earrings and spend all this money on her to go through with this. And I'm like, was he thinking like, maybe I can change her mind? That's a I whole don't hell of a lot. Like you, you gave what your, he was thinking. It was his entire college savings that he spent on those earrings and that date. Mm-hmm. When he knew she was going to, she was setting him up or heard like, that she was setting him out up. Of him. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great question because then you wonder what are his motives? Right. Why on earth is he doing this? What What was he going to show her? What was he going to get out of it at that point? Well, and then it pisses me off when I think about his conversation with his dad and his dad's like, you know, what are you doing? All of this stuff. Right. Rightly so. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's sitting there saying, you got to trust me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. If I found out later that, wait, you used that money, you know what you're doing. You're not even with the girl anymore. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a full date. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you spent this much money mm-hmm. on what didn't even work out through the end of the night. Like no, not eventually. 
And you didn't even need to give the earrings to watch. She already no. loved you. <laughs> like yeah. you, you could have had your money I would have, and oh, the girlfriend that you eventually ended up with anyway. I wish, wish, wish. I And one thing I want us to do today is come up with an alternate ending. Uh-huh. Because this was, I mean, I love the last line. Yeah. The first line of this movie was little Cindy, Candace Cameron, saying, run, 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 he's going to get you when she's playing with the garbage pail kids, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last line of it is a great line. You look really good in, or it really looks good in my future. You look good You look really good wearing my future. Mm-hmm. You look good wearing my future. That's a beautiful line. Right. Like, that is a great John Hughes, John Hughes line. Yeah, he, they're full of quotable Life. Yes, absolutely. Like the only thing I care about in life is you, me, my drums, my drums and you. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He has the best, best lines. He and right. Cameron Crowe. Man, those two writers were just insane. Mm-hmm. And as directors, they were insane. They were so good at capturing that like pure, innocent love. Right. Where it's just about that person. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, um, yeah, that last line is really good. But girl, you never had to give her that. You already Not had at her. all. You had yeah. her the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, there are some things that would not fly today. I mean, no. that, I think that Hardy Jen's could fly today but amanda's response to all of that would not fly today no unless we were going to get into the domestic abuse (laughs) right because it was is such a time stamp of the 80s yes like the behavior everything it's like back then i didn't catch any of this as being what's wrong with that you know that's just how things are but and i don't know if we've discussed this before with these movies because it's a running theme but I feel that the generation today does not understand the concept of the timestamp. Right. That when they, and I get it because like I watch, for example, on the other podcast, Here's Drinking With You Kid, we covered the Philadelphia story. Mm-hmm. I freaking hate the abuse that is all over that movie, mm-hmm. all over it. And so this was, we did that episode like toward the beginning of watching these old movies. And I was just like, I just can't move past it. Can't move past it. Well, now we've since watched other movies Mm -hmm. that are in that same time period. And I'm getting more and more used to it. Not that it's acceptable in any way, but it is a time stamp. Mm -hmm. That is how it was. When I first watched this movie, like I said, I did not clock that there was anything abusive about this at all. And so when I watch it now, yes, I'm watching it through the eyes of everything we've learned since Mm -hmm. then and all of the changes that have been made. And it's a very different movie. Yeah. But that's how a lot of the John Hughes movies are. Mm -hmm. I look at them now and I'm like, oh, my God. Even like Judd Nelson and how he is pretty abusive (gasps) to Molly Ringwald in The Breakfast Club. so abusive. (laughs) Yeah. And then they end up together. And Yes. And we have the exchange of the diamond earring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, it, it, it's really interesting that these truly, I'm so glad we're going back and watching these since these are, you know, it's one thing on the other podcast, it's a lot of old movies before I was even alive. I'm seeing my grandparents, you know, right. lives played out. 
But these we actually lived through. And I have my own reaction to it mm-hmm. as a female in Texas in a right. big city. You have your own reaction to it being a little older and a gay man in a tiny town. Mm-hmm. And then we have the different levels of, you know, poor and middle class and all of that. Right. And it's completely different. But that. But no matter what, we're both able to look at it and we both say the same thing of at that time. Yeah. It is a total time stamp. Yeah. Doesn't mean it was okay, but back then it was just the norm. It was acceptable. But we learn from things and that's how we grow. <laughs> yes. Yes. And some of those things need to be like, I hope that Hardy Jens got some help when it became acceptable to get help. Cause remember back then, no boys didn't. Right. There was nothing wrong with the men back then, but I hope that later, um, I, I don't know that this would have ever happened, but I think that he, if we're talking about like, let's extend the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's take a break really quick. And then, okay. Yeah. Okay, so where were you? Okay, we're going to extend the movie. Let's say mm-hmm. it kept going. Yeah. Do you think Watts and Keith would have worked out? What percentage I, do you give them that they mm, would have actually made it? I don't think they would have been long term. Like, you know, back in high school, you think when you, you found the love of your life and you're going to be together forever. Of course. Very rarely does that happen. I think, <laughs> I mean, my cousin Nikki. And her husband started dating when she was a sophomore in high school, I think. And they're still together. Wow. They had one breakup. But yeah, they've been together forever. But rarely does that happen because you move off, you go to college, you meet other people, other experiences, and you realize that's just a time in my life. So I feel like eventually either (laughs) if Keith hadn't gone to college and he had stayed there in that little town. Right. Ian Watts might have ended up getting pregnant. Right. But then money troubles would have driven them apart. So, yes. Best I agree case with scenario, that. they have a kid together. They realize they weren't good for each other. They split. But mm-hmm. I feel like the trajectory that was so intense and they were so close that there would have been a lot of resentment because he would eventually realize, like, oh, I had all this future ahead of me. And I didn't take it. But I feel like the same thing would have happened with him and Amanda Jones. Yeah, I think even worse because he yeah. would have really resented everything he gave to her. And I don't feel like she was emotionally, she had dealt with so much abuse in her life. That I mean, that poor girl. She, was, she wouldn't have ever been able to feel adequate enough. And then he would have really resented her, which would have pushed her to drugs, I feel like. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I totally and then agree. Being an alcoholic, still working at the mechanic shop. Yes. Hardy dies because he has too much cocaine and he's out speeding around in his car and he dies in a car crash. That's my end for Hardy. I can see that. (laughs) I see Hardy as blowing through all of his family money. Yes. Never working, blowing through all of the family money Mm -hmm. and eventually committing suicide. Amanda will be with a very abusive husband. Mm -hmm. Very abusive. And have some kids Mm -hmm. and stand by her husband through the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And then Keith and um, Watts would never have worked out. There would have been multiple breakups. 
you know, um, and getting back together and stuff. And eventually either the romantic side would just peter out and they're friend zoned or they have a long time apart and find other lives and can see each other once in a blue moon to catch up or whatever. As friends. Yes. Yeah. That is what I see if we extend it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's some fun facts about this movie. Okay. So Howard Deutsch, who directed it, ended, he and Leah Thompson fell in love on the set of this movie. Wow. And they have been married since 1989. Nice. Yeah, I noticed that they were all like, because I, I always go back and look at how old were they when they made the movie. And they were all in their late 20s. All of them. Like yeah. 25 to 28. Yeah. But that was Isn't so common so back crazy? then, too. I think. Molly Ringwald was one of the few and Anthony Michael Hall who were actually teenagers yep. when they were in the movies that they were yeah. portraying teenagers. Yeah. Um, Molly Ringwald, in fact, was offered the role of Amanda Jones mm. in this one, but she refused it. And that ended her relationship with John Hughes. Really? Yeah. I can't see her as Amanda Jones. I can't either at all. At all. Um, Amanda Jones was, of course, named after the Rolling Stones song called Amanda Jones, which we hear playing during, I know it's at one point when she's in the shower. Then Elias Codius, who was skinhead or Duncan, he studied acting under Peter Masterson, who was married to her Masterson's dad. Oh, nice. That's a little nice. And then this is the second to last teen movie that John Hughes ever wrote. The other one was Reach the Rock. That was his last one. I have I no don't idea remember. what that even is. No. No idea. Uh-uh. This was filmed in L.A. This is the only John Hughes film that took place outside of Chicago. Oh, wow. All of his other films are Chicago. It's just amazing. Even Ferris was, he, he did Ferris Bueller, Ferris right? Bueller was in Chicago. For, why did like I always on, think that was in New York? <laughs> Probably because of the parade. Probably. And all the tall building. I mean, they're going into the city, but no, it's Chicago. Takes place like they live in a suburb and then they go into the city. So if you had to choose a different ending, what what would you choose? How would you change the ending at all? Or would you? I mean, do you like how it ended? I like how it ended just for... Because I've always liked the ending of the movie, I think. Her, the the two of them walking off and right. look good in my future and mm-hmm. putting in the earrings. And yeah. Amanda Jones finally, like, because there is kind of a sense of hope where she, like, finally figured out, like, I'm going to stand on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to show some strength. I'm going to let you go to the girl who actually loves you and deserves you. And there is a sense of hope that she's going to be okay after that. I mean, I think that hope will last maybe two Until more days. Until the credits were <laughs> Until school on Monday. <laughs> <Right>. It will last. <laughs> but there is that sense that like, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. Amanda's going to be okay. I feel like she ended up with Harley again. Oh, because at the party. She, I Harley, love that yes. you keep changing his name. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they yeah. got back together within a week. I wish the only thing I would change is I really wish Watts had been like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. I really, really wish because I had a, um, a Watts in high school. Mm-hmm. 
where I was very aware because there's always that question of like, did he realize, did he know that Watts was in love with him? Yes, he did. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you have that, like I had my own Watts where I knew he is someone that I will be able to call in the middle of the night and say, I really need to talk to you and he'll be up all night with me. Mm-hmm. Or I could call him and say, hey, I'm in desperate need of an orgasm. Can you come over? And he would come <laughs> over. You know, he was the guy that I, I just, he would always be there. But that also means that if I need to cancel plans, he's the easiest, easiest one to cancel. Because mm-hmm. I know he's still going to be there. He's not going to yeah. be mad at me forever. So things like you start taking for granted those mm-hmm. people, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah, you absolutely know how they feel. I knew exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I fully exploited that, especially at that age. I don't think I would now, but at that yeah. age, absolutely I did. We are selfish, selfish oh, yeah. little bitches at that age. Mm-hmm. So I wish that Watts had had, just like I wish this guy from high school, man, if he had ever turned to me and said, uh, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. I would have been like, Oh my God. Like it would have snapped me out of that. At the same time, given my history, I think I would have been even more attracted. <laughs> I'd have been like, all right, well, now I'm going to go for you, you know? <laughs> but I wish that Watts had done that because putting her through all of that, yeah, treating her like such shit, he did not deserve her. No. Because I loved Watts. Mm-hmm. He did not deserve that. Very you know who would have loyal been a fun person. couple as Watts mm. and Duncan. That would have been a really fun couple. Yeah. That would have been hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is how I would change the ending. He Keith should not have ended up with either one of them. He did not deserve either one of them. He's a total stalker, kind of psychotic on the trying to make a good impression front. It's a little too much. Yeah. And then yeah, it's just, it's no, no, no. He did not deserve them. No, he should have gone to community college. <laughs> yes. And reflected you on what he could have had. Of, yes. Yeah. You need to get out of the town. Go start a life somewhere. Yeah, pawn the you earrings. Know? And I think that that would have given Watt so much empowerment. Yeah. And I also feel like I would have respected her a little more if she would have refused the earrings. Like, dude... This is your, this was your future. If she was that good of a friend to him, they were so close and she knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Return the damn earrings. Okay. Oh, I do have one more question for you. Mm. So John Hughes has like pretty amazing guys in his movies. Mm -hmm. How do you think Keith measures up if you had to choose between Keith Blaine from Pretty in Pink or Jake from 16 Candles. You're picking Jake, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why would you pick Jake? Aside from it being, what was it, Jake Ryan? Yeah. Aside from that. I feel like it would have been, like, Jake? looks-wise, it would have been Jake Ryan and then Eric Stoltz, or uh, Keith, because I, I'm, I was never well, attracted to um, Andrew McCarthy. I find him more attractive now. Really? I would never, mm-hmm. never was. But Jake Ryan was, he was never really dickish. Yes. I totally, totally agree. He was the kindest out of all yeah. of them. I would pick Jake as well. 
But I think the problem with Blaine Mm -hmm. is that you also have that comparison to Ducky. Yeah. Who Ducky was, I mean, how could you not pick him? You're screaming <laughs> the whole movie to so pick him. Long. I, I can tell you, I don't think I've seen Pretty in Pink since high school, to be honest with you. <gasps> oh my God, I can't Which is crazy because it. I loved it. But yeah, I haven't seen it in so long that I couldn't tell you. Because James Spader's in it too, right? Oh, yes. Isn't this like there's three guys in that one, right? That she that are kind of all pining out. Three guys, yeah. James Spader is completely abusive, and she's like, "Yeah, you can go fuck yourself." Mm -hmm. And um, he wants her because he can't have her. Yeah. And then Ducky is the best friend, and then Blaine is the really wealthy guy. Yeah. Um, who is a great guy? That's the thing is that Blaine treats her very much with respect and stands up for her. You know all of that, but. What he suffers from in that movie is the comparison to Ducky mm-hmm. being like her person. Yeah. You know? So that's the only between Jake and Blaine, like Keith, you're an asshole. Sorry, no. Yeah. Eric Stoltz is out. You're hot and I'll shag you, but that's it. <laughs> but Keith or Blaine and Jake, like Blaine, the only negative is that he has that immediate comparison to Ducky and cannot compare. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jake, he stands alone in yeah. 16 Candles. He's just amazing. Yeah. He's a good guy. So I agree with you. All right. Okay, I have some trivia for you. Are you ready Can't for that? Can't wait. Can't okay, wait to lose. These are all John Hughes-specific oh, trivia questions. God, okay. So I can either rock it or just really embarrass myself. Or really, really embarrass yourself. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I will give you three characters from okay. one John Hughes movie. Okay. You name the movie. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. Roman Craig, Chet Ripley, Buck Ripley. Fuck. I don't know. Breakfast Club. Nope. The Great Outdoors. Oh, God. I forgot he even did The Great Outdoors. He I wrote even, it. I was thinking teens. Teen. Yep. <laughs> Not, yep. That's why okay. I threw that one okay. in. Could not make it too easy. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. In John Hughes's second movie, Mr. Mom, 1983. I he did that. Okay. What nickname does former stay-at-home mom Carolyn Butler have for the vacuum? Sucker. <laughs> Mr. Sucky? Mr. Vroom Vroom? I don't know. <laughs> it was Jaws. There was oh, that that's whole right. Part where it was yes. like, you could hear yeah. the Jaws theme. Yep. All right. Let's see where. Zero fail. for two so far, buddy. <laughs> All right. You don't spell it, you eat it is from what John Hughes movie starring Molly Ringwald? Spell it. You eat it. Sixteen candles. Yes. Okay. Good job. Good job. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. It's well known that he is not the sharpest crayon in the jar, and his wife is usually unnervingly optimistic and expecting. But what is cousins Eddie and Catherine's last name in the Vacation series? Fuck. Um. <laughs> Griswold, no, because Catherine's a Griswold, right? 
the Is it timer's out of time? up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was Johnson. Oh God. And mm. you're right, Catherine was the Griswold. Yeah. Or yeah, I can never tell who's really related I to you. I think Catherine. Wait, is Catherine? She might have been the sis, like the wife sister. I don't remember. In Ferris Bueller's Day Off, okay, of this movie. Yeah, it's been a while. How many times was Ferris absent to make Principal Ed Rooney call his mother? Oh God, I... fifteen. No. Eight. Twelve. No. Is it out? Yeah. Nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the tenth absence that was going to oh, okay. be. Okay. Oh, uh, man. One. one point. Honestly, with those, I would have gotten the great outdoors because I remember Chet and Buck. Okay. Yeah. I, I would have gotten Mr. Mom because I remember Jaws. I did not know Johnson, Eddie and Catherine's last name. I was surprised to hear that. Mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller, if I, I don't, I wouldn't have gotten it within the timer. That is for sure. Yeah. I mean, I could have kept calling out numbers, but we only get three tries. All right. So it's time to find your next movie. Yeah. Pulling from your 15. This is out of my 15, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So one spin. Here we go. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, good. I've been wanting to watch that with my youngest. It's funny because what did I watch the other day? I was watching something and they were watching Edward Scissorhands on the TV. Oh, I was watching something too. Oh, it was in just like that, right? That's exactly what it was. Because they were, it was snowing and they were. Yes. It was Charlotte and family watching Mm -hmm. Edward Scissorhands. That's right. Okay. How so funny. Next week, well, Death Becomes Her with oh, Goldie Hawn, right. Bruce Willis, and um, Meryl Streep, right? Meryl Streep. Why, did, why was my mind saying Margot? Your mind was so blank that I was questioning wait, it is her, right? Okay. And Meryl then Streep. Edward says her hands two weeks from now. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 